thanks again for tuning in to our Enlightened Conversations, where this season we are deep diving into some tough topics with our guests. I will also be sharing some enlightened conversations with my favourite intergalactic being, Ralph, from my book, Conversations with Ralph, as well as some new, never-been-heard-of conversations with them. You hear it all here, real, raw and rare, and all shared in an enlightened way. Hi everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to our season six of Enlightened Conversations. I have the wonderful Pravas joining me today. Welcome Pravas. Good morning and thank you for the lovely invitation. It's delightful to be here. Thank you. It's actually really awesome to see uh, a man representing because last season it was predominantly females and I was curious about that but I was whatever the universe wants but I I love sharing space with um you know everyone so it's lovely to have your presence here especially knowing that you have worked with men's groups as well uh, and have been an elder um in the community there so it's exciting to have that energy here thank you and that's acknowledged it's been a, a life experience to get here to sit and have this conversation so thank you yeah, and I understand it's your first one, so I, I feel very privileged to, um, you know, and I'm, I am I promise I'll be gentle. So for those of you who don't know Pravas, um, look, Pravas has a, a lifetime of experience, and I love that he calls it the human experience, 76 years of what he calls a human experience, you know, being a son, a father, husband, partner, a bereaved child, a bereaved parent, a bereaved sibling. Um, it's interesting because our topic that we wanted to chat about, one of those tough topic topics is grief. And so he's bringing that to the table today. Um, and he's also got a group um, uh, called Love and Grief with Pravas that he's actually starting with a Facebook page. So we'll welcome Pravas. I'm sure we'll do dive deeper into the topic. I'm sure we will. Thank you. <laughs> so what um, what led you to wanting to explore this? I know that you've you've mentioned that you've been in like, like doing other things, obviously, as well to support yourself financially, like working in insurance for a long time. And you've just come to this place of um, stepping now into wanting to work more in this arena with your immersion, I guess. Would that be correct? The, the, that is correct. I've just completed a, a grand time in the insurance world right, spanning over 50 years but in that 50 years I've also had my lived experience uh, my ups and downs um, climbing in and out of different black hole spaces and back up again yes. and finding men's work doing my own healing work having my own growing awareness around life and love and death and grief I've been presenting at the men's gatherings over many years a little workshop around this topic just giving men an experience and awareness of the the reality that this is going to drop off and remind yep. them of that gently and see what choices they make around their lives but particularly lately as i've opened more to this just over over the past couple of months i've become so aware of how profound this experience is for so many people and wandering through facebook i just see so many different comments from so many individuals experiencing grief and expressing it in so many ways and that resonated with me so that led me to contemplate what i wish to do here i am having this conversation with you i've created this uh, process of I'm, I'm going to be speaking about in a moment Good. Uh, oh yes so awesome it, it's very real for me very real i love that yeah and i love that you um the catalyst for it is you're seeing all this plethora of different ways that people actually do it and um and it is and and i love that that you've got such a um, um both a connection to that like in terms of it being an impulse for you you know going on this next journey as well and sharing what you know as a um you know a process but also that there's there's just so many ways that people do express their grief and um i think you know um one of the things i see you know repeated over and over again like in in movies and 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 sometimes in posts and things like that is that often people they need to be supported in a certain way with their grief like it's different for everybody mm -hmm. and so unless you kind of ask it, it can you can be seen to be insensitive 
even if you're trying to help, you know, and mm. I've experienced that in my life as well and not wanting to let people down, um, but not getting it perfect every time. And I think we need to be, um, as people holding space for others in grief, I think we need to be gentle with ourselves and compassionate with ourselves. We don't get it right all the time and everybody needs it in a different way, would you say? Absolutely. Um, my, my, you'll hear me use this phrase a lot. My lived experience uh, is around grief is simply that. The awareness that it's so individual and so solitary. I can be with a group of people, whoever, but I'm still the one having and living the grief experience. And living grief is an experience like no other, no other from my perspective. Uh, and what I offer today is simply my perspective and my experience and my worldview. So, and my, I've also noticed, for example, um, on Facebook, um, someone put up a post how they went to the supermarket, saw a vegetable or something that was the favourite food for their deceased person, and mm. it's a magnificent and very large grief process where this person, in their own words, lost it inside the supermarket with a grief process. Oh, God, and that's that'd be me, but a different story, but same same thing. But I heard a song on the, you know, them playing, and I just, ah, I was <laughs> in the cleaning well, aisle, and I just <laughs> started crying. That's exactly where I'm going, because, mm. and that person was giving themselves a very much hard time because they felt themselves diminished or less than because they were going off on a story well, I thought I'd dealt with all that and put mm -hmm. it in a little box over here. And all of a sudden, I found I didn't have it in that little box. And what I saw was several hundred comments on that one post. And I read most of them. And half of them were simply what you've just mentioned. My trigger was blah. And it just mm -hmm. struck me how simple it is and how profound it is and how it's the same for so many. And to allow people to... And this is uh, one of the parts of the process I've created. I've given it a name called the Hitsu process, which is a Japanese name. Yeah. Japanese word which interprets from the meanings I've seen as grief, sorrow, sadness, or heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And that's just a title. But with that, I've mm. formulated a seven component, what I've called acronym, factual process, to walk my people I speak with from grief to joy. Mm -hmm. And these things we're talking about are all part of that. And the part of the process is giving myself permission to allow and feel. And if I can continue, my 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 first child, uh, my son, uh, nearly 40 years ago, seven months old, developed uh, a blood disorder. His bone marrow turned off. And for six months, he lived on, bone, on blood transfusions. We had a great public system here. I scaled the world. There was no response. And um, what happened last this week? I go to the servo to fill up with petrol. What's on the radio for that particular service station is playing a song which the words has, baby, don't leave me now. And that was, that was real for me then, and that was real for me in that moment. I found myself having tears. And I'm comfortable with that. And that's what I wish to encourage people to accept is that it's perfectly okay. That's 40 years ago and it's real and it's yesterday and I can still be back in it. But then I can also move to the celebration and the joy and the, the beautiful memories. Like, and I'll be quite clear, I'm sitting in this room, and, which is my old family home. It's a table behind me. My son had his first birthday. He won an only first birthday. So I, I, I lived with it on the sofa next to me when my father died. Uh, he 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 was lying on the sofa after he died. So I'm living with it, but it, it's part of me. So I just want to encourage people to accept it. So yeah, it's like um, degrees of grief. Sometimes you know um, we might go through the whole process to joy, and you know walk through anger and bargaining and all the all the different stages that we go through, guilt and things. But then and that depression and sadness. But then um, we find joy and we we have a, a release and a, a, like a lightning, like a lightning of our grief. And it sort of feels like we've come to the other side, but then there'll be those moments, right? That you're just walking through life and you just get triggered the memory and you, you might miss that person or, you know, just have a moment where you just need to remember them. And, and it, and it's a wave of, of grief that can, can kind of just come out of nowhere and, and just, 
if we're okay with it, like you said, just okay, just let it be. It's going to come, it's going to go. It doesn't mean that we, if we don't feel sad for a while and we're feeling happy, that's just as beautiful because we're celebrating their life in our own way as well because we're loving, loving them for who they were rather than just missing them for who they were. That's beautifully said. You summarised a lot I was about to say so perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) You are right on the money. I really applaud your insights Mm. um, because the word celebrate came in there and that's why one of my uh, components is celebrate and Mm. celebrate the other person, whether that's a fresh memory or 40 years ago. And what has struck me in talking to people briefly about this, the amazing and creative ways people can celebrate their their loved one like i was talking to a lady recently who pulled out a phone and on the phone of course was a photograph of her deceased beloved just just on on the front of the phone and other people i know where the deceased person um, had a special chair late in life uh, as they were in their dying process and leaving over a number of years they still had that special chair there the bit of decoration still left there and I want, to, I want to reassure people that's perfectly okay, no matter how quirky it might be. And that's a key for me, is to encourage people just to celebrate and allow yeah. in whatever way works for them, as long as they're not harming anybody else. And yeah. then, of course, what that leads to, sometimes with those behaviours, dear meaning relatives and dear ones will come along and go, what are you doing? You should, you should be over this by now. Mm. That if that doesn't happen, from my experience, time does not heal, heal, but it allows the experience to integrate, and and with that integration and celebration, and for me that leads to what I call the fog, the fog of grief, is like a fog, it arrives, it descends, it stays, and then it rises, mm. and it's a peak and a trough, a bit like waves in the ocean, which you'd be familiar with, waves in the ocean. And so there's going to be the peak and the trough. There's going to be the heavy fog, and then it will lift. And it's not gone away. It's just sitting over here till possibly the next time. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly okay. And I I wish to encourage people not to feel stuck just because they've suddenly gone, ah, I'm back over here again. Yeah. And you know, the thing that I like to share, like a bit of insight to in this arena, like, because you know how we have this relationship and we have this physical relationship and it's a physical plane. And then all of a sudden that there is this hole, like people feel, oh my gosh, they're not there. And then I've had opposite experiences where I've had relatives that I haven't seen for a while and then they've passed. And then I've had more of a connection with them. They're closer with me now, more accessible because I can have a chat and I can, you know, go into my meditation space and, and have even more of a relationship with them. And I, I did, I did have that experience and I have had that experience and that has shaped my spirituality somewhat. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the, the, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that whatever relationship that we have chosen to have with, um, people here on this planet but then where is that really where is that relationship are we still meant to grow from that relationship in other ways once they've passed over and to acknowledge that the learning and their purpose continues even if they're not physically here now that's an interesting insight (laughs) i like that thank you (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's an aspect I've not previously been aware of. And I'm really um, intrigued by that. Yeah, I'd like to applaud that. It's really insightful. Um, Thank you. Yeah. that's then, And that's why I think maybe what you were just talking about before, like with the fog descending, and then it's like if it does descend and then we're in that zone where there's something that we need to know or resolve or, or acknowledge or celebrate or cry out or what have you, that we encourage them into that space as well. And so then they are actually, if there's some more information that we need to know about what's causing that pain or grief or whatever it is, they might even be able to shed some insight on that for us. Agree. Mm. I may agree. Um, I'm also aware from talking to some of my friends who work in palliative care, who have a more theoretical approach, which is great, that Mm. there's, in their view, two ways of doing grief which was 
those who emote, people who feel and express it and do it that way. Yep. And then there's the other word was, pardon me, instrumental, which is people who who do stuff physically, like yes. the man who spends his time in his shed or his garage doing stuff, or lady of the house who does whatever she wants in terms of cleaning or creativity or whatever. Mm. And that, that that was a learning for me because I, I function principally through feeling. So for me, it's as you've seen already, it's easy for me to emote. I can go straight back there and go, ah, oh, uh, which is fine. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, which at one stage in my life was a little bit challenging, thinking, hmm, I'm having all these wonderful feelings and these grand experiences. Um, so it's really um, just interesting to see how the way people can manifest it and if someone's doing it a certain way it's not right or wrong uh and that's a learning for me because i didn't really appreciate the, the doers if you like the people who go mm. off and do stuff to express their grief because uh you can tell by my age and vintage i was i've been raised on the stoic anglo-saxon john wayne movie tradition of i'm all right yeah. i'm a big tough guy i can <laughs> do this and that leads me to this awareness I had uh, last night talking, thinking into this this conversation today about how much courage it needs to simply wake up every day and live grief. Mm. How much courage it takes, simply because life goes on. I'm still I living know. here looking like, sounding like, but the everyday world continues around me, whether that's uh, my family, my work, whatever that might be, whatever people have their lives filled with, all that plethora still goes on out there. But in here, oh, I'm still having this experience. Yeah. And I've got to get up and go, I'm going to work today. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Oh, oh, I'm just going to go out. It's I'm it's a lot of energy. To, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it takes a lot of energy, doesn't it, to... to kind of like grief is itself heavy but then it's like trying to put something on top of that to make it feel okay to exist in the world also creates another heaviness like another burden <laughs> oh heck yeah is all i can say heck yeah mm -hmm. because I, I can remember um the experience when uh, when my son um, died uh we had a funeral service in a cathedral and carrying his coffin down that aisle was the longest walk i've ever made in my life and I can remember at the graveside watching his coffin go in the grave, my head's screaming and my going, this is all back to front. I should be going mm. in there first, not you. But I'm standing there going, oh, I'm just a grieving father. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's visual, like visually, I can see that and feel that yeah, there, you know, it's really full on. And yeah, there's all these things that go through our head that we have to come to terms with, not even just about the loss, but about the whole way things happen, how things go down, you know, the ages and things like that. Um, uh, that that's on top of that because, like, grief itself is a cycle. Like you, you're saying, the stages that you talk about, where you've got seven stages, and that's 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 the same for any change that we go through in our life, whether we're you know moving home or letting go of stuff in our home, even or you know um, throwing things out or giving them away it doesn't really matter same kind of thing that or even a loss of a relationship that we've had for a very long time there's all these things that we have to come to terms with and in the psyche it can be a bit of a mush people can feel very overwhelmed when they're going through it agreed and you can add into that lovely list you just gave pets mm. pets i've seen that firsthand with people around me and myself experienced mm. pets and that is surprisingly not not surprisingly just so large uh, because it's another living being that is was here and now is not gone and all, all those things so yeah there's just so much that grief can can encompass in everyday life um we did you all... want to walk us through the seven stages that yeah. you were talking about that would be that'd be awesome yeah. well what i've created i've given it the grand name hutzel uh, and I've called it the factual, F-A-C-T-U-A-L, um, methodology. It's not mm -hmm. steps as such. It's just the seven components that I've, I've identified. Okay. Um, and I will, I do know them, but I'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll refer to them. So I'll make sure. Yeah, of course. Them. Okay. Um, and I won't um, 
uh, I'll wander through it as it comes up. Factual, feelings are okay. That includes the sadness, the tears, the rage, the sense of isolation. All that is okay. The second part, the first part, A, accept what is. Now, accepting what is is just a lovely grand statement. And for me, almost accepting what is comes at the end of the process. And that's just so challenging. All of a sudden, I know I'm going to a life celebration today for a dear friend of mine, several years younger, who um, died unexpectedly a, a, couple, a week ago. And wow. yeah, uh, with, with a stroke and health issues, of course. And I'm, I'm just aware that looking at his circle and the people there in that group and his family, what is what is this extraordinary human being? Was here this week? Yeah, a week ago. Now he's gone. And it's, I don't, I'm trying not to sound glib, I think is what I'm trying to say here and just allow it and work with it. When I get to C, C is about ceremonies. Uh, what we've touched on already to um and my words here play their music watch the movies uh um i know people who in their home walk around talking to their deceased ones and, and their dear ones and that's all perfect i mean and for me it's about what brings individual comfort and joy in their expression so t for time time does not heal but as i said before it does allow the integration of the experience that you're living yeah and, and it honors that it takes time too like it it doesn't just happen overnight oh no, oh, no. and let me be very clear if someone had come along and said this to me 40 years ago i probably would have knocked their heads off <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it wouldn't have registered because i, I was in so much in that that space you yeah. understand you are not diminished or less of a person because you allow accept and express your grief yeah and that picks up from the from the facebook sharing I, I i saw before because there was such a strong theme of people feeling diminished less than a failure i hadn't i haven't done it and i have to say from my perspective grief is not something that i just do not neatly put in a nice box put a bow on it wrap it up and put it in a corner and i my perception is that's the belief a lot of people were running is that they expected yeah oh i've done grief now oh mm. I, you know, it's one year two years 20 years and oh that was so, no so understand yeah and, and then allow and allow the ebb and flow of the peaks and the troughs and this is where i speak about the fog we've already mentioned before coming and going yeah and l love your individual expression of grief as no one does grief the way you do grief mm. and no one ever will yep yeah that's awesome it's it's really honoring the individual and the you know the relationship that that they have with the person and their what their you could say their grief language you know how they share um their waves of emotion whether it's personal like they might want to just do it themselves with themselves or go for a run <laughs> or yeah. you know and have a cry or not have a cry but still think about that person while they're running because they just that's how they just need to do it like they need to be physical yeah. um and yeah or go see a number of sad movies or connect with this the same music i know there's just so many ways and um yeah it's really about just cradling those people who need to just be in their own way with mm. their with their grief and come to terms with it in a in a it's it's the most gentle way to allow to allow that grief to come out yeah i love your use of the word cradling that was just a beautiful mm. summary and insight as as mm. to what we're doing when we're talking to someone in the, in the grief process and i'm very clear i'm not about telling people what to do or what not to do mm. my intent is to sit with them and walk with them 
and allow them to express where they're at, what's happening for them. Because my goal with this is to allow them to reach a space where they're comfortable in their grief expression and how they're sitting in it. Mm. So they're comfortable with, I'm, I know I have this person has died, I'm having this grief experience. Right now, today, it feels like A, and tomorrow it might feel like M, and next week it could feel like Z. And I'll express yep. that in A, M, and Z. Exactly. And that's that's the message I'm trying to convey, and that's where I, I'm going with uh, my goal. That's my intent, is to allow people mm -hmm. to find that space of comfort, peace, uh, just to sit with how they're doing it and what, what that looks like. Yeah, and you know what? It could look like different, like for that same individual from one person to the next, if they're grieving or, or their pet or, and because sometimes a grief incident will, will trigger an unresolved grief, previously an unresolved grief incident. So, so you might be getting a double barrel. So your, your grief of your pet passing might relate to someone that you haven't grieved passing in the past and it might trigger that and you might find you're overwhelmed and 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 yes you're you're grieving your pet but you're actually finding you're tapping into something potentially that might have been pushed down for a long time and it might feel like a big surge of emotions that's very accurate very very accurate because i'm so pleased you said that because that just reminded me of experience around that uh that that i had uh, some years back with uh relative who died and I went to a funeral and they were not a close relative but I found myself having this huge grief process around this person and I couldn't understand why I was so bereft around the, this, this particular individual who was distantly related and then I sat with and realized it was about another aspect of grief in my life that this person who was related and it triggered so that was very insightful thank you I'm getting a lot out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! That's great. I, 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 it's, I just find it fascinating that we planned to do this conversation a few weeks ago, and then you're having this celebration of of this other now today um, of this person's yeah. life today. Like I, yeah. I, I, universal timing. I just, um, I'm finding that very cradling and supportive, actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's exactly how I feel. Well, that's down to Tweed Heads. I have to get in the car and drive to Tweed Heads. Mm -hmm. And this was a dear friend who was involved uh, through the men's work and men's community 30 years ago. And uh, his community of circle of people back in the late 90s are all those who helped create the space for me to do all the things uh, I did in my life to, to come and sit here today. So it's, and as with all such life celebrations, there's also a great reconnection. That's right. And also review, like life review of your own, like to, yeah, it's, it's like they, they provide this doorway, don't they, to, to go back and reflect on your own journey. Correct, correct. And it's interesting, I, I'm sitting with this current age and uh, I've just finished uh, my other career five weeks ago. Um, and so I'm, my, yeah. my, my general world, world people are going, oh, what are you going to do now? So my response is, Oh, I'm going to talk to people about life and love, death and grief. Mm. And it's always interesting to see to see the response because yeah. some of them go, mm, okay. And I have to be clear, I am a little mindful as to who I share that with because yeah. everyday Main Street people who, um, and I don't know people's background. I'm also mindful. I don't know someone I see what their life experience is right now. And they may be in the middle of some grief experience. So yeah. me popping up, maybe sounding a little glib about death and grief and that's mm -hmm. not my intent i'm coming from a heart space so i'm mindful of being compassionate and allowing people to around what i say you know to, to, to be with people and of course where that also goes is um i just speaking to my sister-in-law last night um she knows of someone who uh, was having um, some treatments for a life-threatening issue uh but uh, they went for a run with the family dog and the children goes, and the family goes to dinner time. Where's dad? Well, he hasn't come back from the run. Dad's been running with the dog and had a life ending health incident event just while he was running in the park. And so the family then go to the park and find this dear man deceased in the park. 
So I'm always and all intrigued and enthralled as to how the timing of how people choose to, to leave leave their body. Like my dear friend did today with his stroke and the person yesterday with whatever their, their life event was. It's fascinating. We're we're very creative. Yeah, and I, I also feel like a lot of people's passings and how they pass, um, it, it's also it, like, a, like even think about, you, you know, this person passing who's been such a big part of your, your own journey in, the, in those early days and now they're kind of passing right now and how that they, like I, I actually look at that and I go, oh, well, maybe that person can be of assistance to you and what you're doing because they've passed now and the, you know there's a um there's an energy behind their passing that can karmically come back and swing back and help you correct uh, there is a gift in that mm. there truly truly is and in my own life and health in december 2021 i had uh, five hours of open heart surgery right. uh, new valve and a double bypass i went in expecting the valve and then up rushed the cardiologist and the surgeon with the angiogram going oh look we've got all these problems you you know we've got this is uh, this closed off and yep. you need to have a double bypass it's all very serious you might die wow okay. i was going fine yeah oh i think my response was was and i was very comfortable was look guys i'll be knocked out do your best <laughs> yeah and he says, Pepper, so in this paper, I had no uh, aspect that I might not come walking out of, out of the hospital after that. So that's who I'm sitting with in terms of uh, where I'm going with. And, I'm, and I want to try to encourage people just to allow the fact that, yeah, the awareness that this is going to drop off. And yeah, absolutely. I, I just want to talk about something a little bit different, but I still feel it's, I, I still feel it's grief related. Yeah, feel free. Because, um, you know, William Shatner, who's the mm -hmm. the guy that um, was Captain Kirk on Captain um, Starship Kirk. Enterprise, yeah. who yeah. did all the, you know, <laughs> Star Beam Trek. Beat me up. Beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So he, he was a passenger on um, the SpaceX uh, expedition that just went up into space yeah. for a little bit and came back down. Yeah. And um, he, he actually kind of made the statement that when he went up, he was expecting because of his history and, you know, Star Trek and, you know, exploring the cosmos and all that, yeah. um, that it would be the most exciting thing ever. Yeah. And he actually expressed that he felt such a deep grief to want yeah. to go back to Earth, even though it was a very short period of time. And it was really interesting because I before I read that, I did a meditation and, and what I got was that, you know, with, with grief, it has a weight to it, almost like a gravity. Like it, it, we know we feel heavy, you know, and we need to kind of release stuff and things like that. And what I was getting was almost that um, there is a, there is a certain uh, mass of unresolved stuff that we carry in our bodies and, and, until we actually are able to resolve those things, we kind of can feel a heaviness. And I felt for William, I felt like potentially the earth and its gravitational pull created this grief. It was saying to him, you know, you don't need to go out there to resolve. You need to come back here to resolve whatever you need to resolve. And I know that's very deep, but I, I got... Me. Sorry, yeah. I need to interrupt you. I've got the person at the front door. Yes, oh, please okay. go ahead. That's cool. Thank you. I'm back. That's okay. I'm yes. Not, I was interrupting your flow there because you were oh. speaking to a really quite a profound aspect. Please continue. Yeah. I know that's really quite deep, but I, I, I just felt a sense that our grief is here to support us to resolve whatever we need to resolve to move on to the next stage that we need to, of learning. So until we have, like until we've actually let ourselves feel it and resolve it, it stays in our body. Um, and it, it carries a weight to it. So we, we actually are giving ourselves a gift twice. A, by feeling it, allowing it, it lightens it up but, and then it allows new stuff in. It, it actually almost like, like, you know, opens the doorway to let new stuff in. Like what, you just, what just happened with the, the door, um, having to go to the door, I kind of felt like it was 
exactly in the right timing, to be honest, um, with what I was saying. So yeah, it, it just was another sign that it's exactly right. Once we deal with our grief, new doors open, um, but we have to make space for that. For that. I can only agree wholeheartedly. That's a very powerful and wonderful insight. And yes, I was aware of William Shatner's experience and his what he had said about that. And I was struck with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the way you've extrapolated that to what you've uh, just spoken. Because and in hearing that, I felt lighter in myself because I'm, I'm aware of that, that that's where I've been. That's what I've done. And, and look, it's been uphill and down dale. It's been dark, weeping, crying, painful times that have just also been almost been overwhelming um, for grief. Especially with my son died in 1973, 74. There's no therapy, support, whatever. It was just get on with life. So, but the heaviness, but it does stick. I agree with you. And as we allow it and integrate it and use and play with the formula that I've developed, it does lift. And which, of course, as you said, opens doors. So I guess it's taken me. So if I start counting, it's taken me 30, 40 years to open this door, but here I am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, I, you know, when I, when you shared with me just before um, about your open heart surgery and I was thinking, well, maybe that was like metaphysically, a, you know, also a representation of, you know, stepping through a new doorway to, you know, shifting your energy and, and, you're getting that support on a physical level because you are needing to step more into that now. And that healing presented itself because you're ready to step into that now. And I often think that surgeries are like a reflection of our healing. Some people think that we need to have a surgery um, to heal. I actually look at it like almost like the opposite, like we've healed something and our body needs to physically kind of, mirror what we've already healed and I feel like that that surgery was a gift to you showing you how much you had actually healed mm, yes that's a great reflection I really enjoy this conversation I'm getting so much <laughs> out of it Michelle thank you so much that's great um, yeah um and it's wonderful and of course everything we're saying is perfect and wonderful reflection because that's exactly how I feel and in talking about how I feel the main word that I play with daily is the word joy. Mm. Joy. I, I live in joy. I, when I go to sleep, when I wake up, I have a series of words around joy. And I love playing with joy because I know all the mystics talk about love and love is wonderful. But for me, joy is the expression of it. It is the, is the manifestation of it. Love is a feeling. Joy is whatever that might be. And as a bit of a, a segue, my, my dear mother, her name was Joyce. So I'm quite happy to say I am the son of joy. Nice. <laughs> I love that. I, I must admit, joy is one of my 12 principles, so I can't like extrapolate myself away from it. And I was talking to my husband the other day. It's just like in, it oozes into everything, probably annoyingly sometimes, because that's sometimes the feedback I do get when other people aren't in that space and I have to be a bit mindful. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, well, um, and um, but we were talking about like my 12 principles that were channel I channeled through um, many moons ago now, but one of them was joy and and my hubby said, well, gratitude's um, not one of your 12 principles, but we're like so grateful every day and it's like should be, you know, it's almost like it should be. And I said, I know, we it's kind of felt like joy and gratitude were intrinsically linked together, almost like you can't, like you feel grateful, then you feel joy. You feel joy, then you feel grateful. It's almost like they do this sort of dance. Um, maybe one's the tree and one's the fruit or one's the fruit and one's the tree. I don't know, chicken or egg doesn't even matter, but I just feel such a resonance to joy. Um, and when I was um, doing my level two education of lightworker practitioner training, I, I presented this model of grief to my class and it's called GROW, which is which stands for the acronym stands for Grieving restores our wholeness. Oh, so, yes, like you say, it's not about sort of getting over something, it's about integrating, you know. It's like, you know, grieving restores our wholeness, like we're reclaiming parts of ourselves back as we move through the stages of grief. And I was thinking about how, you know, how powerful 
reclaiming aspects of ourselves is for joy because when we don't feel um whole we don't we usually feel like we're we're, something's lost and Mm. you know it's about restoring whatever that is and I had some meditations in that class where I would actually have people imagine that person uh, and imagine that they were shining back a quality or a light or an aspect of themselves to us so that we could feel what what is it that I needed from them that I need like energetically like it might be love or it might be joy even or it might be um courage it could be anything peace even um and just imagine yourself soaking that in and so therefore we're we're moving beyond that physical loss to really finding out what it is that I miss um and I, and owning it and and owning that that's what I need and but then reclaiming it. So I just wanted to share that as well. Wow, that's um that's wonderful. I'm I'm so pleased we're we're recording this because I'm really <laughs> going to enjoy uh sitting down and and listening uh, to to this again and listening to your shared insights because uh, they're all, all 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 quite profound. And you talk about joy and gratitude. I play with appreciation. Mm. I, I play with appreciation because I'm very blessed where I live. Uh, I live on the Esplanade. I, I look at the bay, beautiful trees over the road. And today it's just an extraordinary day with the tide in and blue water uh, because I'm a Cancerian. So living near the water just n- n- nourishes my soul. Um, yeah. And every day, whenever I, I walk, get up, walk to the front, look outside and go, appreciation. I just so appreciate where I'm yep. living and what I have, and I, yep. and I feel joyous. Yeah. Um, if I may, what there is one book that I've read that has given me some comfort uh, in my journey. May, may I speak to that? Of course, please yeah, talk but, about anything that you okay. you like. There's no rules. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's it's a book by Neil Donald Walsh. Oh, uh, I love Neil Donald Walsh. Conversations with God. He's done mm. a book called Home with God in a Life That Never Ends. Mm-hmm. It's and it's all about what what we call death. Now, that book is the mm, the source of my contentment, where I'm sitting with my lived life life experience around the death of my mother and my son. Um, the, he gives eighteen remembrances about life, and uh, which and I read that book. Most days, I love to say every day, but I'm not that religious. But it has statements like, I'm the cause of my own death. I always choose the timing of my death is always perfect. I cannot die against my will. Um, And another key one is basically all paths lead home. And he calls home in inverted commas. So there's no G-O-D as such. It's simply all that is. And we are going back between physical and spirit yeah. and he he speaks to that and the, the classic of there's some sort of individual tragedy or death that looks like a tragedy and he makes this observation that if I know about someone's death there's a meaning in it for me the point being no one ever dies in vain inverted commas that's it, right it, it is the lesson um and all paths uh, lead home to god and i'm birth and death are the same thing i'm always in in the act of creation in in birth in life and in death um so i'm comfortable with all that it just uh, brings me great joy and comfort um and there is a delightful let's call it a prayer some words that he uh says that he would like to be read over someone who's in the dying stage or even before about what's happening and it's not religious let's be clear there's no religion here and i use those few words in my um, death and dying workshop that i I do at the men's gatherings uh, because i take people on a dying meditation get them to the point where they're about to leave the body through the crown chakra then then i read this prayer and then bring them back and then then we do some stuff Mm-hmm. And it's a simple process and it, it seems to work. But I just, I read that prayer because really I'm a little mm, directive here because I really want the 
courageous beings who come and play with me with life and death to hear this prayer because I know their being gets it and they hear it even though intellectually it's in one ear and out the other so um, I love being a little bit slyly surreptitious doing stuff like that just to, just to help people on their journey I come from a place love a place of love and joy yeah that's beautiful and is it a long prayer did you did you have it did you want to share it uh i will do it for you just yeah gonna... absolutely yeah here we are it is it, it's it's not short but i still would like to read it if we have the time because we I, do good okay so he introduces it uh by saying and so I invite you here to offer this prayer to those who are dying. And we begin. The God of your understanding is with you now, even in this hour, at this precise moment. If you have no understanding of God, that will not matter. God is still here, in this place with you right now, whispering to your soul. You are welcome whenever you are ready to come home. You shall not be turned away, not for any cause or reason. If there be cause or reason you believe to be valid, God, should you want God to, in this moment, invalidates it. God, should you want God to, in this moment, erases it. God, should you want God to in this moment, makes all paths clear, all roads straight, saying, make way for my beloved who chooses to be home with God. This prayer is offered for you, wonderful child of the universe, as you embark on the most joyful journey you have ever taken, filled with wondrous surprises a journey into the great happiness you have ever known and the grandest experience you will ever have. Dream now of glorious things. Dream of every fantasy come true. Dream of every pain disappearing, of everything of which time has robbed you being given back to you again. Dream of seeing loved ones once more, those who have gone before and those who will follow. Know for a certainty that when you leave here, you will be again with all those who have held a place in your heart and have gone before. And do not worry about those you leave behind, for you will see them too again and again and love them too again and again through all eternity and even in the present moment. For there can be no separation where there is love and no waiting where there is only now. Smile then at the joyful anticipation of what is in store. These gifts have been laid up for you and God has only been waiting for you to return home to receive them. Peace, joy and love are you and are yours now and always. So it is and so it shall be forever and ever Amen. Ah, oh, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was quite emotional with you reading it in lots of ways. Gratitude and <clears throat> yeah, just a beautiful joy came to to me when you were saying smile just before you said smile. I think I was smiling. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Thank you so much, Travis. If I may, that's um... lovely. And so, where can people find you? You've got a Facebook page. Um, yes, do you want to just find... share? 
Yeah, you can find me on the Facebook page. I simply love and grief with Pravice. Great, great. Find me on the Facebook page, like, follow, send me a message, and then we can link through there. And also, mm -hmm. too, uh, following on this conversation, I have crafted up a, a discount package that if people come to me who refer to this conversation, the connection, uh, there, there's a three-session program available, 20% off. It'll only be $120 instead of $150. Oh, so that's I just, wonderful. I just oh. want to put that out clearly now. That's so generous of you, Pravas. Thank you so much. I'll make sure I um, mention that as well when I'm um, putting the episode out there so that people, people are aware of that. And I really am feeling just so yummy and full from today's discussion. Thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a wonderful, wonderful discussion. Thank you. I am very grateful for this grand opportunity to have this conversation with you. And like I said, I'm looking forward to watching the replay so I can <laughs> still get more out of this joyous conversation we've had. So I'm very grateful. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's Thanks, been Travis. joyous. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for watching and, and listening to us for our first episode of season six. We really enjoyed it. We've got some wonderful tough topics that we're going to be covering um, this season and um, one of those um, topics is going to be from my book Conversations with Ralph which uh, is all about resolving ourselves in this which is interesting for us that we've been talking about grief because um, one of those topics that we'll be talking about is how do we do that and um, looking to sharing the insights that Ralph has, the intergalactic being Ralph has on that topic um, and also some new conversations and topics that I've never shared before about um, and I've written about uh, these conversations and recorded them in written form and I'm going to be sharing some of those as well so I'm looking forward to that. But it was so lovely having you. Thank you again, Pravas, and we'll see you all next time. I look forward to that. Uh, go enjoy. So lovely time. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank Bye. You. Thank you for listening. Bye now.